Hello, friends, and welcome to To The Point, the home services podcast that focuses on marketing and operational solutions to help you get better. Because if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Now, let's cut through the bullshit and get to the point. What's up, everybody? Cristiano here, host of To The Point Home Services Podcast. Uh, actually in the To The Point studio today, just so I could get out of the house with my kids. I know some of you listening to this wish you could get out of the house too. <clears throat> Thankfully, most of our listeners are deemed essential business, hallelujah. So you hopefully you're out running calls and things, things, things of that nature. Uh, and then in between calls, you're listening to To The Point, naturally. So want to say what's up to my co-host, Mr. Tall Paul. What's up, my friend? Hey, everybody. Greetings from the uh, same place I was last episode, my master bedroom on a makeshift table right outside uh, my homeschool setup. So I'm um, glad to be back on, glad to engage with you guys, and uh, actually really pumped about today's guest. So Chris, do you want to lay that out with who we've got today and get right into it? Yeah, sure. So um, being that, for those who have not listened to the point that are new, um, I'm also the CEO of a company called Rhino Strategic Solutions, and we are a digital marketing agency only for the trades for the past 12 years. And we have a really great strategic partnership with Linux. And from Linux, I believe the VP of Finance for Linux is today, Mr. Chris Loschutz. We're so happy to have you on the podcast today, my man. Hey, guys. Thanks for inviting me along. I'm excited for this opportunity. So I saw a, a video that you had done and was posted and kind of shared on, on LinkedIn that really made me reach out to Paul and be like, man, there was some little nuggets in there that I thought would be really helpful. And especially because we are getting asked lots of questions from, hey, what does search volume look like? Should I be marketing? Should I not be marketing? What type of marketing should I be doing? Um, I have a lot of cancellations. How can I like, um, hey, man, I relied way too heavy on retail and now retail is dipping. Like, People are panicking. Some get it, some don't. Then the stimulus options come out, and um, you. It makes me think: like, is it really going to happen? Yes, it is, and did. And is there like some drawbacks to it? There's so many questions surrounding it. So we thought, like, rather than us trying to figure out what the hell's going on here, not being experts in it, we know that this is your this is your wheelhouse, and that if anybody can explain this far more thorough to our listeners. It will be you, and we know you'll be raw, so you fit so good into this type of a podcast because it is it is deemed explicit. So you're welcome to slip. Happens often. Um, no problem. And I think, hey, Chris, I mean, you want me to just jump in? I mean, I we we'll get into we can get into details on the stimulus, and I can kind of give a bit of an overview. But I think I'll break it up just a little bit. Um, you know, everybody's out there in the HVAC industry. You can read analyst reports, you know, look at macroeconomic stuff on new construction. There's pretty good consensus that the industry is going to be down double digits for some period of time. Most everybody's starting to see that effect in April. And all experts that watch our industry believe that that trend is going to continue probably at least through Q2 and maybe for the whole year. So uh, the pain is real. It's happening. No new information here. Consumer trafficking behavior is slowing. Retail's behavior is all but shut down. So um, it's a real challenge for anybody in the business. Now, the good news is 
we're still deemed essential. The phones are still ringing and homeowners are still letting us in the house. So there could be a lot worse problems than what we're facing in our industry if we want to try and stay optimistic. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll add this, Chris, I, I, I don't think we set this up with, with uh, enough context. You know, Chris is, um, he's had a career as like a global finance head and has worked at a very, very high level across multiple organizations, including the Whirlpool Corporation, where you worked for 20 years. So you might be thinking like, okay, is it really useful to small businesses to have the big business finance guy on the call? But think about it from this perspective, just like our business, his business is made up of thousands of small businesses, right? So he is, at, it is, you know, as important to him, how successful, you know, our clients and listeners are and all of that. Um, and what's unique about Chris is if you've ever worked in corporate America, you know, there's a persona of finance guys, right? Finance guys have to be very impartial and objective and kind of toe that line. And you need that. And there's nothing wrong with that. But Chris is one of those guys who can, you know, take the finance hat off and become an ops guy, a sales guy, an HR guy, all in kind of one sentence and take control of the entire room and the entire organization. So he's a special guest. And I think it'll be really, really good for our listeners to hear kind of his perspective, um, you know, with his knowledge of finance on the kind of local small business scale. Uh, it's going to be super helpful. So, um, Chris, I'll toss it back over to you to kind of get into that piece. Jeez, Paul, that's really that's really talking it up there. I I'm a fan. It. I'm a fan. You know that. Fanboy. <laughs> Fanboy. You know, there, there's probably a couple things. I mean, I can jump into some ideas and thoughts around, you know, how to successfully manage cash in this crisis, you know, or, and I'm going to use, in my examples, a typical dealer profile that could span from five employees to 150 200, right? I mean, our dealers at Lenox, they, they span the gamut from massive, multi-state, you know, independent dealers down to individual, you know, one guy in a truck or family business. So I think this is relevant for everybody up and down the scale at some point. Um, but just because you teed it up, Chris, let me just jump in on the CARES Act and some of the things that you saw on my clip, just to get that out there and we can kind of spitball it into where you think it may be more relevant or not. Um, so as of last week, actually Friday the 3rd, um, the CARES Act was successfully passed and enacted. And there's a program within the CARES Act called the Payroll Protection Act program, Payroll Protection Program for Small Businesses. And in a nutshell, it very specifically calls out contractors and distributors right in the categorization, IRS categorization that almost all of our dealers fall in. So this is relevant to almost everybody. Now, there's a few exceptions and some details we can talk about if you, know, you want to go deeper. But in effect, this program is providing free forgiven loans to any small contractor based on their payroll. So you basically take your 2019 payroll, divide it by 12 to get a monthly payroll cost that you was your normal run rate. You multiply that by two and a half times, and that's the value of the loan that you could be eligible to apply for. If you use those loan proceeds for 75% towards payroll, pay, healthcare costs for your employees, 
the loan will be completely forgiven and it's free money. Um, if you, if you use it for other things, not specifically laid out in the program, it's a two year loan with a 1% interest rate. So either way, this is a great way to get some operating cash flow infused in your business. The spirit of this thing is if you've taken any action, like let a crew go, you held back pay increases, you cut pay, anything that you've done between February 15th and now, you basically can get free money to reverse that decision and keep your staff as full and engaged as you planned on having them going into the air season. And I'm surprised at how simple and quick it is. Now, on the flip side, before we get into any more details, time is of the essence. The program is set with a fixed dollar amount for the total fund. And we talked to our friends at Bank of America, and as of Monday morning at nine o'clock, they had already processed enough of these loans just from their one bank alone to represent 10% of the total dollar pool. So this stuff is going fast. Now there's a little rumor out there, came out yesterday that federal government is, because of the instant popularity of this, they may pump another 250 billion into this fund because it's really hitting the street and moving fast. So my message to any of your small business contractors out there, please take a look at this. Don't let this opportunity pass you by. It can help you maintain your employee base at a healthy level that lets you come out of this thing in a much better situation than having to deal with some of the hard decisions you might've already made already. Hey, Chris, Chris, do you think that it makes sense for, even if some of, I mean, we have plenty of, of our customers that are actually okay in a good cash position. Do you think this loan even makes sense for them to take advantage of? Or do you like, what, what's your thoughts on that? Like, should you, even though you might be okay now, maybe, in six months, you're four months, you're not like, we don't know. So yeah. like, what you know, it's hard to generalize because there's everybody's in such a unique position. You know, I don't know everybody's current banking relationships. I don't know their cash position. You know, it's hard for me to be a really good advisor at a macro level like this. <laughs> but even if you don't use this loan for the designated criteria or reason for it to be fully forgiven, it's a two-year term loan with 1% interest. I don't know if you have access to that kind of operating cash line or not. But, I, you know, to me, it would be stupid not to look into it. Yeah. I, I think it's your company a disservice if you don't just dig in and read some of the materials. And, 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 you know, if you have a financial advisor that helps you run your cash in your business or a banker, they are fully up to speed on this. They could lay this out for you. Like, here's what it means for you. Here's how, what we're advising, you know, I would just, I would get on it and I'd get on it. Yeah. Fast. yeah and I think that maybe some, some of it is fear. Like maybe they're reading it and you kind of don't believe it. Like, Hey, what nothing's ever for, for free. It's just like when our listeners are rolling out like an offer or whatever, like that's free. Like there's something that's there. So do, to, to put everybody's minds at ease from your perspective, is there a catch or is this just straight up like, let's help? Straight up catch. Listen, I mean, we threw a task team together at Lenox. We had our lawyers on it. We had, you know, some of the smartest minds we have available to us. This is legit. I mean, it's pretty simple when you get into the application and the criteria. It is not complicated. And 
the terms are really clear. If you take this money, calculate it right, put in your application. If you follow these guidelines, loans forgiven. That's so, amazing. I mean, I'm, I'm actually like, I'm not always a big fan of big government by my nature. I am relatively surprised at the speed and agility with which this was executed. And they kept it simple without a bunch of, you know, crap in it that you need three lawyers to, you know, read it before you can even understand what they're saying. It is not that complicated. Yeah. If you're like me, you know, you probably have your whatever political opinions or, or whatever. But as this was coming out, it was like you walk by the TV and you kind of turn it up your little bit. You're like, is this is this really happening? Like, did this really come together? Um, I want to change gears just a little bit. And thank you for that summary. But let's talk about making money now. So you're sitting in North Texas where I imagine it's 80 degrees today. If not, if not more, it's 80 in Charlotte. I don't know what it is in Phoenix. It's going to get hot, right? Um, trucks are going to roll. What's different now about last April, last March, whatever? What's, what's different in the market now? What do you see? Well, if you remember last year, weather was not our friend. No. So I mean, when you're looking at relative comps year over year, everybody was excited about this year being, you know, even if it returns to normal, you know, huge growth for the industry. Uh, clearly the, the coronavirus has put a damper on some of that optimism, but, you know, I, I think there's three, two or three things I would think about if I, if I were trying to run a small dealership, um, clearly cash is king, right? I mean, in the end, it's all about generating cash and, and profit. And, um, there's, there's really before I dive into some of the mechanics of things that you could watch and manage in the current state and in the short term, I think the real strategy is whatever your personal belief is about when this thing is going to stop and free up. Is it May? Is it June? Is it October? Is it 2021? Listen, smarter people than me are going to have opinions about that. Whatever that is, you need to make a decision about what are you going to do today in this perceived crisis and what's that going to do to the core of your business so that when we come out of this, are you going to be positioned better versus your competition? Or are you going to make decisions that are going to put yourself at a disadvantage when this thing loosens up and everything turns back on? I think that's the most important thing before you go deciding I'm going to cut a crew or I'm going to go, you know, redirect all my marketing dollars or I'm going to go, you know, make some other radical decision in my business. Before you go pulling any of those triggers, make sure you're thinking about return to normal and how you leverage this opportunity to your advantage to come out bigger and winning faster than everybody else. Let the other guy make a stupid mistake would be my advice. Um, but when I look at it, you know, there's three things relative to the cash flow of, of a contractor, right? That and I'm going to oversimplify. It's your revenue and your margin that you're extracting on every job. It's your cost to operate. And a big part is your, is your investment in your inventory and the ability to have product and be able to respond and do the installations that are in your wheelhouse that represent your brand and keep you driving your business the way that you want, right? 
So there's a couple of trends that we're seeing right now, feedback from our Lennox dealers. Um, one, if you have any association with big box retail, Depot, Lowe's, Costco, any of those, those consumer leads, I can't say have all dried up, but boy, have they reduced a lot, right? Yep. yep. So if that was a, a core construct of your revenue margin, you need to figure that out quick because that's going to stay like that at whatever rate you believe it is. Um, the other trend that we're seeing a lot of feedback on is consumers are typically, they might bring two or three contractors into quote to make sure they aren't being taken. You know, average consumer only buys two systems in a lifetime, right? So they're not really well versed. And when they go into this, they're, they're cautious. They don't want to be taken advantage of. They get multiple contractors coming in quote. Trend we're seeing now, homeowners are not competitively bidding at any of the rate that they normally do. Hey, so can I what chip is, in on that, Chris? Huh? Let me, let me chip in on that real quick and ask your opinion on this. Do you think that it's fair to say that um, there's also, because some people have had to cut vacation. I mean, we came into spring break time. People have cut vacations. Maybe they've got more cash so that they can buy not only more equipment, but better equipped. You know, this is not an official position. Opinion of I know. One, opinion of one madman and actually some of my own personal behavior over the last three weeks or so. Um, I think DIY and a little bit of the nesting phenomenon that we saw coming out of 9-11, I think we might see another trend like that, a little micro trend emerge where people are going to be keeping their cash close, looking at their home as their security blanket, and their investment strategies, like you said, might have involved a vacation, a new car, some of those other things. I, my personal opinion is I think consumers are going to circle the wagons around their home. Yeah. And what better place to do it than your HVAC system, right? <laughs> you got to spend the day in there and you're locked up in that house. I'll, so, add, I'll add a very scientific data point. So I will tell you, since we're not running all over town, and taking kids to dance and basketball and church youth group and all that, our discretionary spending's way down. But what's saving me the most right now is my wife's not going to Target, and it's unbelievable what that does to my bottom line. It's like it's like someone just it's like my wife just got a job. So I'll tell you, um, it's it's a different situation. And canceling spring breaks and things like that and trips. I mean, we're supposed to be the Grand Canyon next week, so yeah. So you know, taking that back to the contractor, right? If you know you're not being competitively bid as much, and you're, again, one of the key drivers of your cash flow is margin extraction out of a job, right? Instead of driving your sales and your tech to high close rates and get the sale as fast as possible, you know, whatever, I would encourage a dealer to look at margin expansion opportunities, right? You're not being competitively bid. Can you sell them up? Can you sell the benefits of variable speed and humidity control. Can you sell the equipment? I'm sorry, I'll use Lennox language, but our pure air, air purification system, you know, UV lighting kills viruses. Can you change a conversation at the kitchen table and take each lead that you have? Because these are valuable leads now, right? They're, they're fewer <laughs> and your ability to extract more margin on it and sell that homeowner up, great advantage um, versus your competition. And, you know, there are aggressive programs out there from the OEMs on consumer rebates, financing packages, 
I know we're boosting and enhancing everything we're throwing out to our dealers. And I guarantee you our competitors are probably following the same path. So from a dealer standpoint, I'd look at leveraging those kitchen table dollars. And instead of just having your techs go out and sell, you know, the baseline standard 14 sear base model because they're comfortable with it and they know they can close the sale. I would highly encourage you to try and extract more margin out of that lead. I think that's a great way to enhance your cash position, you know, on a per lead basis. Absolutely. And, and I want to take it a step kind of before they even get in the home. What role do you think digital, digital marketing, website, social media, like, is it, what, what role does that play now that maybe they didn't or underappreciated prior to this? SmartAC.com, SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. I think, I think it's huge. I mean, uh, you know, Mike Hart, our VP of sales that many of your callers may be very familiar with and I were talking earlier this week. We're seeing a lot of our, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call them our, our strong dealers who just have a pulse on the market and are quick to adapt and change. They are, they are, leveraging their marketing dollars or co-op marketing dollars. They are shifting their sales. They are changing the lead game and they're out with, you know, new campaigns on health, home health, you know, safety and security of your family. They've changed their messaging, changed their marketing tech. And, and clearly digital is a, is a faster media with greater reach and speed than some of the other traditional methodologies. So I think it's critical. Yeah, I think it makes sense, and, um, and I'm glad to hear you say that. You get it. You're looking at it from a different perspective than us from our listeners, but we kind of have the same philosophy is um, we know for a fact, and we've already seen it, that when fear takes over and you don't, and like you're, you may be concerned about your cash position, you, you're pulling back, you start shutting things down. Well, our mindset has been the opposite of now, if you want to take a chunk of market share in the online space, the direct response space, the online space, you can do it. And we've been sharing every week, the previous week's search volume. So that way we can share, Hey, people aren't stopping searching. Like you're scared and you're pulling back, but your customers aren't. So we've been all like pushing. And in some cases, doubling down, we have a lot of our customers that are moving forward because as others are pulling back online and we're doubling down, we're also now getting that lead at a cheaper rate because the cost per click is dropping. The cost per lead is dropping because of the competitors that have pulled back. So we're, so we're all in on it. And, and I would preach to, I mean, I've been in this only doing digital marketing for, for HVAC companies for 12 years, 13 years, 12 years. And I've always preached that this, the, the retail stuff, if it, if you relied so heavy on that, and I could tell you a, a handful right now that I know are probably in trouble because of it, that I preach to them, you cannot just rely on this. If you want to build that on replacement service side of this thing, it will help balance out your business. Well, guess what? Some of them, thank goodness, have a, a good brand 
and they've done big box retail. But if you didn't have a good brand, you just did retail. Now you try to flip to add on replacement and service. It's not apples to apples. Like you can't just change like that. You can't just jump back in. It doesn't work that way. Right. Paul. I mean, you've been preaching that for the last, I guess, probably eight years. I think probably the moment you landed at Lennox, I think I heard you start preaching that the importance of that, Chris. So it's interesting. We're kind of at a tipping point now. We're, we're definitely at a tipping point um, for brand, right? We're finding that if people have a brand. I tell my, I tell my dealer friends uh, that, you know, have their hand in retail. I said, listen, you're making a choice. You get more than 50% of your business in with a retailer. And I would say no more than a third. You're basically giving up your brand and you're becoming the brand. You're just becoming the servicer of that retailer. And your brand just, the more effort you're putting in disproportionately that retail side, all you're becoming is a no name servicer. Absolutely. And there's no long-term health in that. Nope. Because as an HVAC dealer, man, your brand is it. That's your identity. It's how people find you. It's how you stay in a servicing of that home. I mean, your brand is gold and you have to protect it like Fort Knox. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's not an on off thing. It's not run a campaign and then expect it to build your brand. It's a 24 seven commitment to your own personal brand. And guess what? If you focus on that, like the, the contractors, other costs of services and marketing are cheaper. Like we're, we're half the price if you invest in your own brand, but we could, we could get off the rails there. I want to talk about the reality that uh, it had this situation not occurred right now, we would all be in Las Vegas together. We would be <laughs> MGM grand. Is that where we would, would have been? Oh gosh. I can't remember. No, it was somewhere else. <laughs> or where okay. it was. I, I can't remember, remember either, Man. but uh, uh, you know, Chris and I were, were set to, uh, teach two classes there. We were going to have this awesome campfire themed booth for all of our, you know, I'm using air quotes, campers and, and clients and customers to come through. And it was a huge letdown. Obviously, everybody's let down that everything was canceled. It's not just this event. But this was a big one for you guys. This was 125 years of Lennox. And I have to be careful not to show my bias here. I have to be professional, but I've, I've expressed my bias before. But when you talk about brand, like, 125 years, you've made it through wars, you'll make it through the coronavirus, you've made it through recessions, you made it as a new construction player through a housing crisis. There's a lot to celebrate in 125 years and there's a good chance we would have been doing that tonight at the hotel bar. So <laughs> I know that there's a plan to get that content out there, but tell me what the dealers were going to miss out on. What was, you know, what was the big takeaway this year that you guys were looking to share? Yeah, I mean, fantastic content i mean i might be blowing something out sooner than i <laughs> that's okay do but uh we're gonna have a big reveal of industry leading never seen before upgrade to our industry leading signature oh, series right. huge ac efficiency gains 99 percent efficient furnace the, the Dave Lennox Signature Series, like re-up, revamped, and on steroids. That was going to be one big splash, and we kind of missed the, that stage opportunity to really reveal out to our dealers. Um, along with some other 
great product launches that are going to be hitting in 2020 and 2021. Um, but a bigger part of that event, it's always about the networking and the relationships. Yeah. We're going to have over 4,000 contractor personnel there. You know, I know talking to Mike and the guys years and years ago, we did one big event. It might've been 25 years ago at our hundredth anniversary, but you know, typically we have, it used to be eight, then we down to four regional Lennox lives. This is going to be one, the whole North America at it. So that in of itself was a huge change and opportunity for the dealers to network amongst themselves, um, sit through amazing breakouts. Um, and just, we're going to lose that. We're going to lose that opportunity for them to learn from each other is a real loss. Yeah. We Oh, go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. We, we were so excited. I mean, we travel a ton as it is anyhow, but anytime you can take and um, accomplish everything in one place, we, we, we went all in. Like we were all in and built out this beautiful trade display of Camp Rhino with the campfire and tents. And like, I was going to try and get Paul to wear a, a camp counselor outfit, but he was, he was against it. <laughs> Oh, wow. That might be weird. <laughs> yeah. You, you guys canceled it right during those kind of negotiations about me filming. I mean, they had a film crew leaving Phoenix to come to Charlotte to shoot that. So I, I'm not disappointed in that, but <laughs> yeah, there, there's definitely loss in that the event didn't occur. But the, the thing that's kind of unifying is like, we're all in it together, right? Everybody's missing out on something. And that's like, not to get all patriotic, but that's probably one of the more like silver lining moments right now i think going through this is that it's kind of unifying i mean you're you've got three boys right twins and and you've got to keep them from bouncing off the walls we've each got four kids running around and like we're we're all in it together and having never served in the military and never really done anything like that like i was telling my wife like this is this is one of the more patriotic things i've done is just keep my butt home and not go out and not you know meet my buddies for coffee and not go for bike rides and just like, you know, do my part. Anyways, I'm, I'm, we're off the rails, but I feel good about that. So there's a lot of bad things, but there's some silver lining too. I agree. So, oh, go ahead, Chris. Did you want to jump in? Nope. Nope. Okay. Got it. I'm good. Where do you guys want to go next? So do you I, want you know, to, I, I kind of cut the cash flow thing just a little bit short. I mean, I think all contractors, you know, on the other aspect of your operating costs, I think everybody is taking a look at, you know, if there's decreased volume and leads, what's my cost structure and my position, right? The one nice thing I'd say, I'll go back to this payroll protection program. This thing could insulate you from having to make some of those tough decisions for a few months, wait out the market, wait out the virus and see where you're at. So I, I think it's a, I think it's a nice parachute for at least a few months here, three months to be able to hold off on some of the critical decisions that you need. A little bit of a safety blanket that you can use, keep your business operating at the level where you really wanted it for a strong season. And then see if we make it out of June and um, you're back up full staff, healthy and ready to run. Nice. And, and you mentioned earlier, you go back to talking about kind of winning at the kitchen table. You know, it's long frustrated all people on the manufacturing side and the distribution side and certainly the finance guys that the lower end products lead the market. Right. 
and that there's this perception in the market that consumers don't want all the extra bells and whistles. They don't want to spend a lot of money on this stuff. And, you know, our hope is that this is a tipping point for IAQ and high efficiency stuff. But do you think that will, do you think that's actually what it will take? Like, what's it going to take for people to start leading with the products that essentially we all want as consumers? I know through some of our research, Paul, you know, if you, if you use a concept of a good, better, best kind of a product line or, you know, a proposal tool that you're taking out there, um, 70% of the time, HVAC can, contractors only offer one alternative. Mm-hmm. They, they, they don't, they're just, they're trained to close. Yeah. And the infrastructure of their dealership or it's their personal decision you know, they value the clothes over valuing the margin. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really interesting if you look at the statistics of if you offer even just two options, you can actually move up your margin mix by 25%. Yeah. It, 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 anybody who looks at it and is in the interest of, and is interested in making money, I, I would implore you to train your sales people and your techs at a minimum in your proposal tool at least show two options right here's where i can come in the door and here's the benefits to the next step up and i know a lot of people do that and they do it well they do it exceptionally well but there are a ton of people out there that fall into their kind of habit they know what they're comfortable with they know what they're good at selling They know they can rely that that inventory is going to be there for every job. That's also a very deep rooted crutch. Um, And they fall into a pattern, but the pattern, it's a downward spiral. Yeah. Your margins will continue to decline over time if you aren't pushing on that envelope on a regular basis. And, And you bring up a really good point. You know, I've heard some of my smaller clients and really back from my previous days, smaller dealers say, why should I carry your equipment? You're my warehouse. I'm going to let you carry the burden of it. You're going to hold the space. And when I need it, I'll want it. What do you say to that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, whether you're, you know, Linux is unique in that we're one of the few national North American direct models. We are the OEM and the distributor. You know, a lot of other contractors, you know, they are going to a distributor with another OEM brand. Um, and yet you're right. In general, the contractor to optimize their inventory position, the if they have a same day service level, they don't need to carry a lot of inventory. And that's the expectation on any distributor, right? Is you need to have everything I need when I need it the day of the job. Whenever I sell it, you should be able to provide it. Yeah. That's perfect world. And I guarantee you if I pulled a hundred of your listeners, they're going to say, yeah, that's, that's the ideal state. And it happens maybe 70% of the time or 70, right. whatever their experience is, 75% yeah. of the time. Right? right. So there's always that, um, I'll call it intelligent conservatism that says, I need to make sure I control my destiny. So I don't let my homeowners down and I don't hurt my brand. Yep. You know, the contractors nervous about always being able to rely a hundred percent on their distributor all the time and not be left hanging in the wind or being two days out on a job or something like that. Right. 
because then that's money out of your pocket. Then you got a dead crew, you got a burn rate and you have no product. Yep. And, and one thing that I think contractors don't recognize is there's another variable at play and that's your competition. So one of the things that used to frustrate me, particularly with high-end equipment is, and, and, and this, I could really go off the rails here, um, but someone would be upset because they uh, went to sell or install a high-end piece of equipment and it wasn't in stock, right? Well, it wasn't in stock because the distributor didn't, or the you know, manufacturer distributor didn't plan for it. It's someone else bought it. So I think it gives you a competitive advantage to bring the good stuff in, hold on to it, pay it off over time, right? I agree. Yeah, I, I agree it's, so with it's, that. It's, it's fear of not being able to get that stuff and losing the sale that drives you down to the lower end equipment. And it ultimately leaves the, the homeowner kind of, you know, in a worse position than they could have been in. They could have really enjoyed their air conditioner. Now, again, biased, I'm sitting next to two XC25s right outside this window that you can't hear. Um, but when my neighbors see this stuff, they're like, I had no idea that even existed. Like, listen, so we, have, we have some dealers, we have some dealers that they go in, they do, they flip, they flip it upside down. They go in with the best first. Yeah. And then, Maybe they'll step down, but more often than not, when they offer it and they get really good at selling the advantages and the benefits, they close the sale and their margins are, I'll call it probably 10 to 20% higher than a lot of our other dealers with that behavior. Correct. And they and just flip the mentality. I'm not selling up. I'm just trying to limit selling down. Yep. And that behavior will elevate the entire industry. It'll be, it'll be less difficult to find people when all of a sudden there's more margin because and homeowners are happier. And there's this, I, I, again, we could go on and on there. What, what role do you see um, consumer financing? Do you see any trends over the last couple of years from your position? Uh, it's, con it's continued. It's continued to expand as a, as a selling tool and homeowners are taking advantage of it. Um, you know, we use service finance as our primary partner in our financing offers. You know, there are a ton of them out there from different providers. Um, they've gotten very aggressive. You know, the Fed lending rate is small, is low, has been for a long time. So they've been very creative in putting pretty aggressive packages together, you know, versus 10 years ago, almost nobody got approved and the loan rate was so terrible that it, it wasn't even worthwhile. People tended to go to home equity or cash a lot of the time. But cost of money is low and these financing deals are legit. And, and you know, the lenders are getting much more accepting of risk and, and the program offerings are great. So yeah. we've seen it a huge lift in the use of our financing tools as a as a support of the sale of the kitchen table yeah you would be really surprised and we're a part of many different contractor communities in the world through social media and different groups or whatever and there's still people that question if it's worth it are people using it like is it expensive and I, I just can't believe it I can't believe we're still there with some people so I have listeners listening to this if you're watching look me in my eyes offer financing consumers want it they'll use it you will make more money they will be happier and grant. <laughs> yeah. If you get it down to a monthly payment, it's a lot easier to also sell up. Right. Uh, 
and you extract more margin and it's not that much more burdensome on the homeowner when it's broken down into a monthly payment with the right terms. Right. Yeah. So let, let's talk a little bit about corporate America. We're going to shift a little bit. I know we're all over the place. So you're used to having bodies in the building, right? Meeting after meeting, you kind of move in clusters, right? Making decisions and making things happen. What has changed? Is it got, has it gotten better, worse? What have you appreciated, not appreciated about this new method? I mean, I'm assuming you're in Texas, so you're sitting in the room above the garage right now, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. See, I, I know. I know Texas homes, man. I used to have one. Yeah, it, you know, it's funny, Paul. You, you actually worked around me before. You know I'm the kind of guy that'll walk down the hallway and get you by the back and the neck. <laughs> you too. That's my standard operating procedure. Uh, so for me personally, the not being in the office and not everybody being there, it's a whole new operating environment for me, right? Yep. I can, I can take right from a dealer call. I can get to my supply chain guy, my sales guy, my marketing guy. Whoever I need to, I can get to them within about a five-minute walk anywhere in a hallway and get something done. Like yep. today, straight back, respond to the dealer within hours with a definitive expert and an absolute answer to whatever they need. Mm -hmm. um, and it's very strange now. Uh, there's almost there's very few people in the office. Our customer service teams, our credit teams, they all have technology to virtually work. So there's very skeleton crew in the office only for certain things, uh, you know, uh, and, and they haven't missed a beat in productivity and customer responsiveness. Uh, and the rest of us, we've had to adapt to virtual meetings uh, and, and getting things done without actually being together in a room. There's some good side to it. I'm not going to lie. No. Um, <laughs> it's it's a little more comfortable but i'm a social creature by nature you know it, it, that part of it's hard on me because i just i like being in the mix i like i like being able to look somebody in the eye and ask them the, the probing question to see how they're thinking and make sure you know everything that's going on behind the conversation is happening the right way and you know you don't get some of that uh sitting on virtual meetings so and <laughs> That's a, it, that is a very it's a huge change for me. I, I'm, a, I'm a bit old school. So, you know, oh. I have to adapt more than my, uh, my younger contemporaries who just think this is the future state of all business. <laughs> well, well, let's talk about the dealers. Um, many of the people listening are HVAC dealers and they're used to having their rep come and see them, right? They stop by, maybe they, you know, for, to, to be general, maybe they bring some donuts, maybe they bring some new programs, maybe they take them out to lunch, maybe they connect for a one-on-one. -on -one. And it's been happening that way forever, right? For as long as dealers and manufacturers have worked together. Um, does that change a little bit coming out of this, you think? Oh, I, well, let, let, first of all, I'm going to go back to something you said earlier, right? Our first job as a company and as part of our social responsibility, we're going to respect what's going on. And that includes respecting our dealers, right? Yeah. So our territory managers, they're doing their best to find new ways to stay in touch, provide service to the dealer and, and be there for them and, and keep business running. But we got to respect their business and their employees. We can't be walking in and out. I mean, it just just can't happen. That's just, you know, culturally and in society, we are not going to operate in a way that puts anybody at risk. So right. um, 
I think that's the right decision right now. Oh, for sure. um, no, when we come out of this, I don't know, this is opinion of one. Yeah. No, the value of the Linux brand is that personal touch. Yeah. And it's every one of our dealers knowing they know if they have a problem, they can call the president and they'll pick up the phone and somebody, they know they can get to anybody and who they need whenever they want. And I hope that never changes. Right. I right. hope donuts and coffee in the morning and going to lunch. I hope none of that changes because it's a core, core part of who we are. It's our culture. And, and I, I hope this doesn't create a physical wall between our relationship and some new technology way. No, no, I don't think that it will. But I think what it has done, it, is, it has forced a lot of people uh, to be very, very efficient with the way they communicate, right? So I think there will be, um, you know, I think dealers will be okay having virtual meetings sometimes, you know, in addition to the personal touch. I think we're all getting more comfortable in front of the camera now, which is something yeah. that I'm not always comfortable with. I agree with that. And I, I, you know me, I love efficiency. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I hate long-winded emails. You know me, I'll get out of my office, go run down the hall, find you. I just, I, I've yeah. always operated in, in kind of a, in, in verbal and communication efficiency. So I agree with you. I think that's a huge benefit. And, I would say I over time, like a large corporation like Linux, we get comfortable with our standard communication vehicle. So, I think the twist up is going to be good for our sales team and our service team, you know, yeah. behave differently, be adaptive, be quicker, be faster, be smarter. I would say in our world, um, like working remote isn't a big deal because we have like 40 some odd remote employees. So it's not like a, it wasn't a huge change for us. It's kind of business as usual. It's just this office. I'm actually, I'm in our office and there's nobody here, which is really weird. And this place is usually just got, massive energy and like is alive and so it sucked walking in here when all the lights are off and it's like cold and it's just me I'm echoing but I will say this and not that I'm okay with it nor will we ever go this route but and Paul and I were talking about this in our executive meeting this past week is I actually think that a lot of our staff and we're just under 100 uh, have actually been more productive and I say that because like, I look at myself and I'm getting up, I got my coffee, it's six o'clock in the morning. You know, I might start, by the time I drink a cup of coffee and get kind of my morning routine mentally done and I start checking into work, I'm actually checking into work about an hour earlier than normal. And so I start working, you know, and getting and working through things. The next thing I know, you know, we're like, my, you know, my wife will hop out and do like homework, like, okay, tee the kids up with their homework because they're all doing homework at, you know, at, the, at the house. Now we've become teachers, which is awful for this world. God help us if I have to be a teacher for, you know, for kids. But, but I'll notice like, hey, we're going to shut it down at five. Okay, we're going to shut it down at six. Okay, we're going to shut it down at 630. And we just keep going. But what we notice because we use our internal, um, our internal messaging system called Slack, I think we see a massive chunk of our employees that are actually still grinding and still getting after it. So there's been a lot of extra productivity out of this. Now what it's teaching us and they're probably, if they're listening to this, they're gonna be like, shoot, is that we know there's more in the tank than what's being done when we get back to business as usual. <laughs> <laughs> My biggest learning, and this is something I've thought about for some time. When you have a physical office, 
like your like your office, Chris, right? You've got a chunk of employees where you know presence counts. Just showing up, going to work that day. You may or may not produce a ton that day, but you're at work. You're dressed up. You you clocked in. You clocked out. And in their mind, right, they contributed. Their presence counts. When you're working from home, presence doesn't count. It's production, right? I, I agree with that, and I like it. Yeah. So like. I struggle with that because um, I have an office that I go to uh, regularly. It's on a college campus here in town that is obviously closed. But now that I'm home, if I get up from this call and I go screw around in the kitchen and unload the dishwasher, in my mind, I feel guilty, right? Because presence, being, being here doesn't count for anything. Now, if I were at the Rhino office and I were hanging out by the water cooler, right, and talking to Chris about whatever, like, I wouldn't feel guilty. So I say that to say, I think there's a production value and an efficiency value and it's you, your machine, your pad of paper and your phone and you just grind, right? I don't know. That's my perspective. I agree. I, and I think there's going to be some version of reality shift for large corporations. Like, wow, we can, we can really do this. Yeah. You know, you might've, you might've had some cultures in fortune 500 companies like, yeah, I don't care if we have virtual capability. We want people in the office to hold them accountable or, you know, whatever their mental philosophy was. I think this is going to shutter any of those norms. Yeah. Everything's on the table coming out of this, especially for large corporations. Like, I don't care, you know, what your philosophy was. We've lived through it. We've demonstrated it. We can be more productive. We can be more agile. We can be more virtual. And there's value in that. Now you just got to learn how to leverage your value. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And you've been through the financial crisis, right? And I, t talk to me, are there any parallels that you went through that you're like, oh yeah, this is what to expect next and this will be okay? The drivers are so different. Right. Um, this is the first time where the whole, like the consumer infrastructure is shut down, mm -hmm. right? And not in a pocket and not in an area. Um, you know, we've talked through this. There, there hasn't been anything quite like this. You know, the housing crisis was huge. And it, it affected our industry in a big way as much as anybody. But you, the drivers were completely different, right? Yeah. Who caused it? Where it was impacting, you know, the implosion of the RNC side of our business. It even affected the AOR side because people's credit dried up and a lot of other things, right? But the driver was completely different and, and what it took to understand that adjust your sales, adapt, and then relearn is very different than just shutting down all consumer behavior. Right. So I, I, we're going to learn a lot of lessons out of this and I'm not sure we know them all yet. <laughs> I, I'd like to, I'd like to actually, um, and I, just for sake of time too, I want to make sure I wrap on this. I, that Chris, that was spot on. And, and I think that, I'm a glass half full guy always. Um, I believe that we come out, I say we as a, as a industry whole, cause that's, cause we're all in it. Like when we say we're all in it together, it's not the cliche, like we're legit all in this thing together. I've seen this industry come together more than I ever thought it actually could. And, and I've seen competitors come together. And, and for us, like we work with some of our competitors. To but try not in an antitrust way. Let's just be really clear. <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. In the show notes, please, PJ. 
<laughs> yes, absolutely. You're correct on that. But I believe we come out of this thing significantly better than we came into it. I genuinely believe that. Now, I also am, and then I've been preaching this, not only to our staff, but to anybody who will listen within my network, that we've the manufacturer's support across the board has been phenomenal. Um, stepping up, uh, moving fast, getting content out, things out through different channels to help everybody within your within your network, within your the programs, is thank goodness we've been deemed an essential business because there is a massive group that have not that are screwed right now. And even yeah. if you even if you took advantage of that loan, you got no income. Like it's like a it's a slippery slope. So we hallelujah, we're deemed an essential business. Now, I went, I built this company in the beginning when it was just me in 08, 09. I mean, people were like, well, we don't know what else to do. Let's try this internet marketing thing. And thank goodness I was here to catch some HVAC contractors. And here I am 12 years later doing the same thing. But we've never, we as a company have never been more prepared for a situation like this because we knew what to do when it happened and knew what our what we could control. But I think what some of our listeners forget, and not all of them, but some, kind of like you touched on earlier, Chris, but the ones that are that are have the mentality of like keep going and maybe even double down because they recognize that just because this virus hit doesn't mean their customers stop looking for them. No, it's actually quite different. The search volume is increasing because people are home more. They're using their stuff more frequently. But just because we've been deemed an essential business doesn't mean the customers deemed them an essential business. Yeah, so you, you, could, you could even do a stupid little analogy, right? You lived in your house the way you have five years. There's always been that one room upstairs that really kind of irritated you because the ductwork was installed crappy 25 years ago. Zoning was bad, whatever. Well, guess what? That's your new home office. And you're freaking miserable in there. Guess what's going to happen? You're calling that HVAC contractor immediately because I am not going to live up in this office for four months sweating to death because my ductwork sucks. Spot on. Spot on. I had my thermostats replaced. I've been talking about it for years. I have my thermostats replaced. They're way better. I can control them from my phone now. I'm so happy. <laughs> but my wife's asking me to do more things than I would normally do. I'm not a handy guy. I'm an internet nerd. But you're right, man. That's exactly what's happening is that you got to work from home. And now we know like, hey, it's through April, potentially longer. Like I think I might have just created a new ad script for some dealers right there. I love it. I <laughs> love know. it. Can you I just lay that out? You're talking to the right people. We can make that happen. So we got you. We got you. Well, Chris, hey, listen, we really appreciate your time. We've taken up just about an hour, which is perfect. Um, I can't, I can't thank you enough, man. We get, you know, and you're at your level that your level of of being busy is uh, next level, and we certainly appreciate the time and and know what you're what that's worth to you. So grateful that we have our not just our partnership and friendship, but you're able to to share all that knowledge for all of our listeners, whether they're part of the Linux brand or not. Um, I think that shows a lot about your integrity as a human being. So thank you for that. And then also um, what we will do too is I think it's, it was important to share or to uncover the fear of this CARES Act. And then you did a really good job of that. And, I, and it's something that we fielded a lot. So 
I'm really grateful that we not only hit on that, but then went down this path of other things that they should be thinking about financially to come through this thing cleaner and better on the other side. So thanks again, man. I'm so bummed. There's probably a good chance that tonight we're singing karaoke someplace in it together in <laughs> Vegas. I'm so, I'm so bummed that we're missing it, but it is what it is. And, uh, and I appreciate, I appreciate all that you're doing. Um, not only, you know, for, um, you know, for what you're doing with all of our Linux customers, but everybody as a whole. So thanks for having, thanks for coming on the show, brother. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for the opportunity. Always value our partnership with Rhino and obviously my personal relationship with the two of you guys. I know whenever I need anything, I can give you a call. You're right there for me. So, um, Great opportunity for me, and hopefully anything I said adds some value down the line. Yeah, absolutely. It, it absolutely did. So, listeners, hopefully you guys got some really good takeaways in there, and we'll bullet point some things as we go. And, uh, of course, we always follow up with writing a blog to highlight a lot of the things that come through this topic that we can share with you. But, you know, for any of you that know us, know To The Point, know Rhino, know Tall Paul or myself, is we have a heart to serve. And this is the whole purpose of this podcast is to give back to you and help you through anything, including COVID-19. So until next time, take care, be safe, wear masks and gloves, don't mess around. Thank you for listening to To The Point. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please consider leaving us a review in the App Store. And don't forget to share with your friends. Till next time, kick some ass.